Hey everybody, welcome to Come Follow Me Daily Dose. I'm Lindsay Hansen, and today is April 20th. Before we get started today in the sections, I wanted to take a minute to ask something kind of selfish. Today would be the 26th birthday of my very first niece, Jaylin. She was born in 1995 and passed away in 1997. And every year on her birthday, we love to honor her memory by flooding the earth with kindness. So if you have a moment today to reach out in kindness, to serve or to bless or to build someone, would you do that in honor of my niece, Jaylin? I would really appreciate it. Okay, so let's jump into the scriptures. Today, we're going to continue in this week's Come Follow Me block by talking a little bit about Doctrine and Covenants section 42. Now, this is a huge section, and it's packed full of tons of information. In this section, he's going to give his law. Now, I'm not going to get totally into it today, but I think it's important to recognize that oftentimes we misunderstand what the law of consecration is, and we use it interchangeably with the United Order. Those are not the same thing. The United Order is absolutely part of the law of consecration, but that's not all it is. A lot of people think of the law of consecration as being something that was lived in the book of 4th Nephi, was lived in the book of Acts, was lived in this early part of church history, and is something that will live again someday, but isn't part of our lives right now. And that is absolutely false. We live the law of consecration, or we're expected to. However, we don't right now live the law of the United Order. And we'll get into those things later. But just to start off this section about the law of consecration and the law of the Lord, I wanted to separate those two things just right off the bat. In this section, the Lord is going to call Edward Partridge to be the first bishop of the church. And I think that this is such a really interesting choice, which shows that the Lord sees the heart. It's much like the story of the Lord choosing David to be the prophet in the book of First Samuel. He didn't seem like the obvious choice, but in First Samuel sixteen seven it says, For the Lord seeth not as the man seeth. For man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. Now, the reason why I say Edward Partridge was an interesting choice was he had only been a member of the church for two months. He wasn't one of the original saints, but, you know, here at the beginning of the church, everyone was new and everyone was learning. And the Lord understood something really important about Edward Partridge, and that was his commitment to this law that was going to be taught. As the first bishop of the church, he was going to govern this law quite a bit. He was going to govern the storehouses and make sure that everyone was taken care of. And Edward Partridge was a really, really successful man and was extremely generous in taking care of people and taking care of the poor. He was from Ohio and kind of followed this Campbellite uprising that was happening in Ohio at the time. And as part of being a Campbellite, they believed in having all things in common. They believed in taking care of others and making sure everyone's needs were met. And so it makes so much sense that the Lord would wait until they got to Ohio before revealing this law. Because here in this stronghold in Ohio, where all of these people had been baptized with this background in being Campbellites, this background in believing in all things in common, now they get here, they gather together, and the Lord reveals this law this law in which they're supposed to take care of each other and help each other and bless each other. 
and none other than Edward Partridge, this successful, generous, loving man who, by his nature, wants to bring people into the fold and take care of them and look after them and and make sure that their needs are met, is going to be the one to oversee that. So I think it's really neat to see how the Lord works in the details of his law here in this section. Now, if you'll remember, in the previous section, the Lord tells the elders of the church, these 12 elders, that they're going to gather themselves together and that by the prayer of faith, they're going to receive this revelation and be able to agree on this revelation. And here in section 42 is when that's happening. Verse 3 says, For verily I say, as ye have assembled yourselves together according to the commandment wherewith I commanded you, and are agreed as touching this one thing, and have asked the Father in my name, even so ye shall receive. Now, I love this principle, because yes, this verse was very specific to the twelve elders in receiving the law, but the principle is very universal, that when we unite with the prayer of faith, we can expect to receive revelation. We can expect to receive what we need within our stewardships to be able to move God's work forward. Let's not forget the promise that is found in the scripture that where two or three are gathered in his name, there he will be also. And so as we come together, as we unite in faith together, we can experience miracles and we can experience revelation to do the work of the Lord. So now the 12 elders are going to be told that they need to go forth and they need to preach the gospel. That is what is asked of them at the time. Sidney and Joseph are asked to hang back, but the rest are told to go forward and preach. And I love what it says in verse 11, because verse 11, I feel like, is what separates us from everyone else. Verse 11 says, Again, I say unto you, that it shall not be given unto anyone to go forth and preach my gospel or to build up my church, except he be ordained by someone who has authority. And it is known unto the church that he has authority and has been regularly ordained by the heads of the church. Now, I love this because when I served a mission, I had a little card that I carried around with me everywhere that I went that was signed by the prophet of God saying that I had authority to teach the gospel of Jesus Christ. I assume missionaries still carry that card today, but I absolutely loved it. And there were times when I would be speaking to someone or when I would be knocking on someone's door and they would ask, what gives you the right to come here and to teach me? And without hesitation, I would pull out that card and I would point to the signature and I would say, see that signature? That is the signature of a prophet of God. And this card says, that I have been given authority to teach the gospel of Jesus Christ. My friends, that is something that separates us from anyone else. I find it so incredible that the people who preach the gospel, the people who ordain others to the gospel, people who baptize in the gospel have authority given. And as it says in this scripture, it is known to the church that he has authority given. And that authority can be traced all the way back to Jesus Christ. We do not assume authority in the church. It's authority that has been given to us by the Savior himself. And that, my friends, separates us from any other church on the earth today. 
In the book Gospel Doctrine, Joseph Fielding Smith said, As to the question of authority, nearly everything depends on it. No ordinance can be performed to the acceptance of God without divine authority. No matter how fervently men may believe or pray, unless they are endowed with divine authority, they can only act in their own name, and not legally nor acceptably in the name of Jesus Christ, in whose name all things must be done. My friends, that is something that separates us from any other church or belief system on the earth today. That divine authority that can be traced back to Jesus Christ himself. It is by that authority that we do everything in the church. It's by that authority that I am able to receive revelation and power in my calling. It's by that authority that hands are laid on heads and people are healed. It's by that authority that the gift of the Spirit is given after baptism. It's by that authority that we're able to be baptized for the remission of sins. And that, as it says in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 4, is an honor that no man taketh unto himself, but he that is called of God, as was Aaron. My friends, I testify that it is that divine authority that leads and guides the church today. Thank you so much for listening today. If you're enjoying this podcast, make sure to follow us on social media. Subscribe, like, comment, or share. This has been Come Follow Me, Daily Dose, and I'm Lindsay Hansen.